Hi, and welcome to B-Bell Podcast. If you've been listening, then you'll know that I had one of the half of the squad, Josie, in a few weeks ago. And now I'm lucky enough to get a good chat with Kate. Not only half of the squad, she's also a CrossFit trainer and ambassador for Queen Bee Athletics. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Kate. I'm so happy to get you here. I'm so excited. The deck to the ant, (laughs) the Morecambe to the wise, half of the squad. Does it feel weird not being with Josie? It feels really weird. It feels like I have to up my game and do more talking. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I thought you talked quite a lot, actually. Uh, really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. good. I think you're both quite good at talking. <laughs> I remember seeing a post recently, actually, and you were both just smiling and someone else was talking. I thought they'd actually drugged you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> I better check on the girls because I've never seen them that um, quiet. I know. But welcome, welcome to Bebel. Um, Bebel is all about empowering women and encouraging movement. And it's something that I think you guys at the squad do so well. Um, but it's also about finding out the story behind the people and behind okay. the businesses. So tell me, where did it all start? Where were you born, Kate? Okay, do you want the hospital? Oh, let's do the hospital, <laughs> see you, right? I think I was born in the Bonds. Oh, really? No, old school I Cork. Posh. Yes, I old posh. school Cork. So I was born in Cork. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Ballinlock. Lovely. Which is a lovely place. My sister now lives there. And I went to primary school in Eglantine. Okay. Um... So that was the story of me from birth. And then when I was six, five or six, we moved to Douglas. Oh, lovely. So I've never been too far from those two suburbs. Okay. Yeah. And and when did you kind of discover your love for movement, I suppose? Was it in senior school? Were you a sporty girl at, at school? I would have been. I started rowing when I went to first year. Another rower. We yeah. had a rower on the other week. Did you? Yeah. And where did you row? I rowed for Corpo Club. Oh, wow. Okay. And I had a year in UCC as well when I was in college. Brilliant. So I rode all through secondary school. And in the beginning, it was just a place where you'd hang out and have your friends. And you'd go there every day after school and every weekend. And it was more of a community centre feel, even though they pushed us really, really hard. Okay. Um, And then it just developed into more of a sport and more serious, I suppose, as the, the girls fell away that weren't really into the seven days a week yes ten times a week in the summer um, it f- became very serious for me yeah so I think it started then okay yeah and so you're obviously super committed so how does that work with did you find all your friends in that community or did you do you feel you missed out on some stuff growing up no I think my best friend rode with me and I met her in first day of baby school Oh, wow. So I've known her since I was four. So she, we both rode together. And then I think the girls that we would have gone to school with, a few of them brought us down to the rowing club day one. Yes. And introduced us to us. And then we met girls through it. But no, I don't think I missed out on anything. Like I certainly, things came into my life slower, like drinking, going out. um, That kind of social scene came in so much later because all I was thinking about was the championships in July okay. and we had to win and then yeah. we'd have or the rowing season is so long the time off is so short we have six weeks and then we're back in the boat um, so there wasn't a lot of time for anything else but okay. I wouldn't change it And rowing in a team or by yourself? Initially it was in a team and we rowed in eights and fours and quads and then the older you get the stronger you get the more the crew dissipates because okay. as I say girls fall away from it and they want to go out and they they don't want the structure of it. So the boats get smaller and smaller as you get older naturally. Um, and then when I moved to Australia, I took up rowing and it was 
just one person. It was Scully. Okay. Rewind. Move to Australia. <laughs> move, move to Australia. How old were you when you went to Australia? Oh God, what age was I? Was I 20? I was 2013. So you'd been rowing all the way up, all, all the, way, the up. way through college, yeah. everything. And then, yeah. and then Australia. What took you to Australia? Work. Okay. Yeah, I qualified into the recession. Okay. Like a lot of my age group. Yeah. And I stuck it out for a few years working in a golf club. Which golf Which club? Lee we were Valley. just talking about golf. Really? Lee yeah, Valley? I decided I want to play golf. Oh, it's amazing. I, I can't talk highly enough of Lee Valley Golf Club. Oh, I worked with um, a man called Paul. He owned the pro shop down there and he was so great and I loved every second of it. And what were you doing there? I was basically selling clothes and people buying tea times and selling golf balls and yeah. golf clubs. But I'd actually built up a really big knowledge from it so I could genuinely talk to somebody about buying a club which they thought was hilarious because I was this young girl with a ponytail and yeah. there I was talking about their their setup, you know, in yes. golf. But I loved it. Um, and I worked there for a few years and then I think I just needed to focus on myself and get my career going and decided that Australia was just absolutely booming at the time. I had a few friends had, that had gone there straight from college and I just thought, God, I just better go. And where did you end up? I went to Perth. Okay. Because the mining industry was massive over there. Okay. And I had qualified in construction project management. So I wanted to, I know. I'm sorry, I'm going, what? It's crazy. I wanted okay. to just get straight into it. Yeah. Um. So unlike. So qualified for, and golfing. I know. And then went, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing. Uh, so I went to Perth. The mining industry was massive at the time. And. Unlike most people who go to Australia, I really just went to work. I didn't go to travel. I didn't go to let my hair down. I really just wanted to build on my career there. So I got a job within two weeks. Um, Like the Aussies love being really pushy. So I literally walked into a construction, um, a consultancy over there that was global at the time. And I handed him my CV and he was English. And I think he really took to me because we were both foreign in the country. And um, my new pal. Yeah. So I just said, look, I want a job. I don't care what it is. I don't care what I'm doing. I just want to get in the door. And he hired me. And then it just grew from there. I was working there for three and a half years. And what were you doing? I was a consultant. So I was working on mining, mining projects mostly. And it was Rio Tinto were the company and they were expanding their operations by... 100 billion tonnes so it was a massive they were doing a massive master plan of their three sites the project was worth I don't know I I don't know if I can even say but nothing a lot a lot an awful lot money that you don't think even exists in the world yeah and I was just having a little piece of that pie my project was worth a million dollars and you know it was very very small in the big scheme of the master plan but to me it was massive absolutely massive and um, the so I was working there for three years and I loved every second of it. I learned so much. And so what brought you, when you finished with them, you came yeah. home? Was it home that finished yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's actually a lovely story why I came home. My sister came out for my first Christmas yeah. with my parents and she met um, everyone I worked with and she absolutely loved the atmosphere in over Australia. Yeah. So she decided to take a career break that June She's a primary school teacher. So okay. she decided to come out to me and spend a year with me. And did she just end up falling in love with my manager? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he was. Now, he wasn't my direct manager, but I called him my manager because yes. he really mentored me. 
and I worked on a lot of pro- projects with him. So James is his name and they totally fell in love. That's amazing. Yeah. So then she was always coming home because she's got a fab job and she absolutely loves it. Yeah. And he decided to move back home with her. And he and moved. I thought it was only cork men could make women move, but yeah. it's both. They're both. So he moved back in, let's say, the November of that year. She had come back the previous September and I went home that Christmas. So that would have been my, let's say, fourth Christmas away. And I remember being in Cork Airport, going back home, back, back to Perth, back home, as I would call it. And all my family and James and Eve were like, Kate, you don't have to go. Like, don't feel pressure to go. We'll sort out your clothes. We'll sort out everything. And I was like, no, I'm going. Yeah. I can't wait to get back. As soon as I landed, I bawled my eyes out. I was like, why am I here? Like, my whole family, because I lived with James as well. Yes. So literally, my the guy that I would have been closest Support to at work, my, my mentor, my roommate, my sister had gone. I was like, why am I? So I spent another couple of weeks in Perth thinking and then decided that March I was turning 30. So I decided, no, look, it's time to come home. Lovely. Yeah. But it's very, it's, I firmly believe that the reason I was brought to Perth was so that they could meet. That's such a lovely, Yeah, yeah lovely it was very song. cute. And it's true. Yeah, it is Because it true. happened. Yeah. It's amazing. And so when you came home, where did you go from there? Were you worried about coming home after leaving because the recession? Had things changed much when you returned? No, I knew that there would be no jobs for me in Cork at the time. So I was thinking either, look, I'll go to Canada or I'll go to London. I wasn't too keen on London. So I thought, OK, I'll go to Canada. But because I'd been away from home for so long, I felt like such a grown up. Now, I yeah. was a grown up, but I felt, oh, I can do anything. I can go anywhere. I can take on the world. Yeah, of course I'll go to Canada. So I had already applied for my visa when I was in Australia and thought I had got a Canadian visa. But when I landed in Canada to the scary marshals, I fast realised I did not have a Canadian visa. I had been approved for the process of getting a Canadian visa. So the Canadian marshals, I think they're called. Are they marshals? I don't know. (laughs) They're apparently one of the toughest in the world. Oh, really? Yes. So I was petrified. And I came across the nicest man and he was top to toe in martial gear. And he said, look, we're going to leave you in for three months because I trust that you are genuine and you want to find work and you have family there. At the time I was going over to my cousins. So they let me in for a month. But I soon realised that without a visa, I was kind of back four years ago in Australia where I was going to be doing not a great job for not a great company just to get a visa yes. and I thought look I'm too old now for this I, yeah. I've put down too many roots I've learned too much for this so I decided to just put it down to learning come back to Cork and I actually got a job for BAM contractors Amazing Yes Okay uh, So I got in the back Girl door did with, good Yeah I got <laughs> in the back door with them because I was willing to do any job Yeah And I think that's what I've learned is that there's no there's no job beneath you but I just really wanted to get in with the right company so I got in through a mat leave contract. Okay. And then when that lady came back, I was just redeployed to a job that was suited to, to my qualification, yes. I suppose, which was brilliant. Um, so I loved, I loved working there. I think there. that's a huge learning. Yeah. Because I, I've been the same when I, I've changed careers quite a few times and I've always gone in at, at, at low level. And mm-hmm. I've always said to them, I'm happy to go here, but I know in six months I'll be there. Yeah. And, you know, and... People always go, oh, okay, whatever, you know, but, and I always have. So I think 
learning that there's nothing beneath you is no, so important. No. And the only reason I wasn't willing to do it in Canada was because I felt like I was sacrificing too much to do it. Yeah. I was time. away from home. Yeah. And just to get a visa, I didn't feel it was right. But coming back to Cork and working for BAM, I thought, I just want to work for this company. I will come in on a short-term contract and just really impress them and try to impress them. Yeah. And then, thankfully, I got another position within the company, which was brilliant. And how long were you with them? I was only with them for a year and a half. So where did your movement journey start? Um, to leave them, is it? Yeah, like, where, how do we get from there then, working in, in such a you know amazing, massive industry? Yeah. Were you, was it someone in it? Were you going to the gym? Was it someone in the gym? Obviously, your yeah. rowing has finished by now, I presume. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would have been. Yeah. I I suppose I was always into fitness and going to the gym and obviously the rowing. Yeah. And when I left Australia, I came home and I joined a gym and didn't have a clue what I was doing, obviously, like, like most of us. picking things up randomly. Exactly. And... I just loved being fit and I loved exercising. I suppose it's what I was used to from being so young. Yes. And what I loved about training younger is that it wasn't about how I looked. It was how fast I can run, how strong I can row, how fit I am on the river, what better time I can pull for 2,000 metres. It was not how do I look in a sports bra or how do I look in my jeans. And it was real healthy for me. So I just wanted to keep it up because I enjoyed feeling fit. Yes. And I used to train twice a day. Like I'd go to the gym at 6am before work. I drive over to BAM. I do my full day and then I'd leave at six and I'd invariably go back to the gym because first of all, I'd kind of forgotten that I'd worked out that morning. You know, it felt like a lifetime ago. I had no boyfriend. So who else would I be? (laughs) What else would I be doing? And I just felt something was always drawing me back there. Now, looking back, it probably wasn't healthy or smart. So a little bit obsessive maybe? Yeah, but I just... I loved pushing myself and I loved the the feeling of after that gym session and getting fitter and getting stronger. Um, so I think I had never any intention of leaving my job for the fitness industry, but I just loved being involved in it. Yes. Yeah. And so what, what, where did you go from there? What steps did you take? Well, I remember chatting to my dad about the gym and it was him that suggested, why don't you do a course? Why don't you further your knowledge in training? And because as I tell our clients all the time, the reason I have a job is because you aren't supposed to know what you're doing. Yes. People have such pressure thinking, I should know what I'm doing in the gym. It's like, well, no, that's why I have a job. So my dad was thinking, well, why don't you go educate yourself about training and how to train better, fit more efficiently, work on things. And I was like, that was such a good idea. So I researched personal training courses came across the National Training Centre, which was based in the Mardyke, and it was through Cork. It was part-time because I was already working 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. And I thought, okay, I can do this. Now, it was a lot of money, but at the time, I was earning a decent salary for what I, you know, where I was. And I was still living at home at the time. And I thought, I'll just go for it. I'll just educate myself. Wanting nothing out of it except pure learning. And... Started that then in that September, and that's where I met Joanna. I was going to say, yeah. is that where it happened? Is that's that where, where it, the squad that's happened? That's where it happened, day okay. one. Yep. And, and do you think, like, you know, obviously I'm, I, I do believe in power in numbers and community, that you obviously clicked straight away when straight you met. Straight away, yeah, straight away. I, my 
opening vision of Joanna is me sitting on a seat waiting to go up to her first lecture or I suppose her induction and these legs walking towards me because my head was down. And I remember she was wearing three quarter pants leggings and really dodgy tan on her legs. <laughs> and I remember thinking, who is this one? And then she was like, are you doing the course as well? In a real Cork accent, yeah. like West Cork accent. And I just looked up at her and I was like, yeah. And I think it just started from there. I was so intrigued by her. Yes. I was so, I loved the way she would just walk up to me and just start talking to me. It's not a lot of people do that. People yeah. keep to themselves. And I thought it was really refreshing that she was just like, yeah, we're going to be friends. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we are. And then I think by the end of that day, people were asking us how long we'd known each other. Okay. And we were like six hours. That's hilarious. Yeah. Just and how long was the course? The course was 18 weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. So good course. Yeah. So for 18 weeks, myself and Joanna both worked Monday to Friday weekends yeah. then in the, the in the Maradike. Um, it went from September right up until early January. Yeah. And it was tough going, but yeah. we loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you love it, although it's, you know, I always say, people say, oh, it's you're so lucky to do what you love. Well, actually, I worked really hard. Yeah. So, but it's not so painful. No, it's not. And like the days were long and especially the days that we'd have real intensive training, like the exercise to music now, for example, you could yes. be dancing all day. Yeah. Um. And at the time I would have had a Fitbit and you see like, oh my God, I've done 30,000 steps. And, yes. You know, it's really intense, but it was such fun. Yeah. I love um, the one to music. Yeah. It's so yeah, cool. It's the best. Yeah. Just walk around going eight, four, three, two, yeah. one, eight, four, three. Songs still remind me of it. Oh no, absolutely. Most of my songs though are Poochies. So uh, oh, really? I still play them. <laughs> I still play them. And so you come out, you're qualified. Mm-hmm. And, and you made a decision. Yeah, I think I loved where I was and the the industry was changing. And I, it was such a change to Australia. And I think that's what, I think I always would have migrated out of the industry because I didn't feel like it was, oh, it's kind of, I don't know if it's rude, but it, it's, it wasn't as dynamic as Australia. You know, okay. the, the contracts weren't as big and they weren't as varied and, you know, I was so spoiled over there. Like I was working in a massive high rise in the centre of the city and it was very glam for what was going on and I yeah. absolutely loved it. And then I felt here there was a lot of holdups in politics and that kind of stuff involved that I wasn't used to. Um, and I just felt like it was, a lot of it is out of the contractor's control. I know okay. it's very topical. It's very topical at the moment, <laughs> especially with BAM. But in fairness, like, I've never seen, I've never worked for a harder working company okay. and I'd go back in a heartbeat, they're fab. But I suppose it was just the time to move on from them. Yeah. And I think when I met Joanna, the industry felt like we could penetrate it rather than we could, I felt we could make a difference. Yes. Rather than just working in a gym and being another trainer and maybe or maybe not impacting anybody at all. But I felt like with the both of us together, we could do something great. You're strong together. Yeah, we are. You know, I remember us chatting a long, long time ago and you were saying we don't like doing things separately. Yeah. And I was like, come on, girls, you're not out on deck. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe that sounded rude. But but like, because you're such, both such strong girls and strong, like what you stand for is amazing. Mm. Um, and I think you have penetrated yeah. um, the right message. Good. Um, so that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. And we actually, when Josie was on, I was chatting to her about you know how we internally speak to ourselves, um, and and I love the way that you guys talk about yourselves, 
that really reflects over in your Instagram and yeah. everything that you're proud of yourselves and yeah. you don't apologize for it, which is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Josie loves her holidays. What do you do in your downtime? I try and hang out with my family as much as I can. Okay. So my sister, um, she's so close. She's only three minutes over the road. I have a little nephew. I have a fiancé now. You do? I do. And I have, when my best friend is home, I try and see her as much as I can. Yeah. So I think I am i didn't have balance in the last two years of my life. But I'm really trying, since the squad opened the, the, the bigger unit, I'm really trying to find that balance and just building my relationships back up that may have suffered. Yeah. And and it's hard when you're starting a business. Yeah. You know, I I will say when you make things look easy, people think they're easy. Yeah. And it's not easy. No, it's Working not. Working for yourself is tough. Yeah. Um, and luck comes to people that work their asses off. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Um, but you make you make it look like so much fun. Like, you know, I'm I'm I, I like my my uh my movements be a little slower. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved the squad. Yeah. I just thought it was amazing. And you guys are so encouraging. And you really, you could just get, you know, I wake up in the morning and I look at your Insta stories. Um, and I, you know, I want to do that for other people. And, yeah. and it's just easy, isn't it, to have yeah. a good time? It is. And I think that's why we're so great together because we are genuine friends. Yes. And I often say to Joanna, we're married you well, know, you are. We You're are, in a, a business yeah. marriage. And the last thing we ever want to suffer is our friendship through it all. Yeah. So Joanna will be in my life, whether the squad is or not. Yes. Uh, but she'll always be there. So we have to protect that and nurture it as much as we can. But also then the business side, obviously. But we genuinely have fun because we love each other and we love what we do. So I think yeah, you, that's but why. But you can see it. Just, yeah. It shines through constantly. Yeah. It is lovely. And where do you see it going for you? What's your five-year plan? I think my five-year plan is opening different facets of the squad. I, I hate the word gym. Mm. It's certainly not something that I would ever say that we are, yeah. even though we are. And we have to, like, we have memberships. We have to accept um, it. Yeah, we have to <laughs> accept it. But I prefer, I would love the squad to be a centre where people come and get their total body and mind worked on. Yeah. So whether they want to book into a counselling session, whether they just want to meet other people in a class, maybe they want to shed pounds or get stronger, if they want some physio done. I think it's more of a lifestyle centre. Yes. A one-stop shop rather than come into your session, go home. Don't say hi to me. We take huge offence when people don't say hi to us <laughs> and tell us what they're up to. But we we, we don't want people just to just very be... Nosy, yeah, just very nosy, Kate. just very nosy. We just don't want people to be a number. We want them to yes. come in and be able, be approachable and ask them how they are. And yeah. and that's a genuine thing. It's not... And do you find people are getting better now at doing things together? Do you get a lot of people that come specifically to meet people? Or do you find that they come in me and my friend to come in or me and my boyfriend to come in? I think initially they'll come, as like you said, me, me and my friend, me and my boyfriend or just alone. But the squad, the squad doesn't let them get away with it. Yeah. They infiltrate them and they get to know them. And a lot of the <laughs> so work... You make it sound so scary. I know. It's really friendly, guys. It's really <laughs> friendly. But I think, I think it's really important for that everyone knows one another as well. Mm. Um, and the classes are so much better when people communicate and talk to one another. Yes. And there's that really chilled atmosphere. And 
I know what it's like. I would have been a shyer person growing up. Yeah. So I understand what it's like to go in and being a bit, no, look, I'm just here on my own. I'm happy out. Yeah. But it is lovely when you break down those barriers and just, we do a lot of team training. So if we have a class, we put people in twos and Joanna's great at saying, work with somebody that you've never worked with before. Whereas I'm a little bit more, look, you'll find each other. You'll find your way. But We've had a lot of girls and boys that have made friends through the squad. We've had a few dates. Has there any relationships Yeah, we've yet? had a few dates. Nothing. We've had no squad weddings yet. But no, it's lovely to see them growing together. And what is that thing on your finger? This thing is my ring. That okay. is my work ring. I'm actually looking at like a plastic <laughs> band in turquoise around your engagement finger. Yes, it's Tiffany blue. Oh, did you get a Tiffany ring? No, I didn't. Oh, I was no, say. I didn't. Um, so this is my work ring because look at the state of my hands. Okay, from picking up barbells all day. So I didn't. I couldn't get it scraped. Yes. No. Obviously not. Yeah. So I have. I have a weekend ring, which is beautiful. Okay. And I wear that at the weekend, and I feel like a princess. But this is my nine to five, Monday to Friday, Saturday. Is it, maybe. That's your back off ring. I'm engaged. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Because I was actually for the first week, I didn't have my ring. Okay. Because it was coming down from a different shop. So I was drawing on a pen ring. And did you pick your ring or did he pick for you? I picked it. Did you? Yes. Smart girl. Yeah, I picked it. Um, so we went in, we, he proposed on a Saturday and we went in the Sunday and we picked it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And when yeah. Did you get married, Kate? November 16th. Oh, amazing. Yeah, like this Do you year. Did you need help? <laughs> you know I'm I'd all about the weddings. Oh my God, I know everything, all the pitfalls. Oh, really? And all the amazing stuff. And do you know what? I'll say to you, it is the best day of your life. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. No, you're going to absolutely... And where are you getting married? Longville House in Mallow. Okay, I don't know it. I am now on the Google. It is beautiful. Um, It is a big house that you rent, fully rent out. Lovely. So it sleeps 30, I think. And it can cater for up to 120, but we're only having 80. Fantastic. So it's going to be small, but it's all people that have been involved in our lives in the last since we've known each other, and, and that are really special. We actually met through my best friend Breed. Okay. So my friend Breed set us up, and and Breed, well, the lovely Breed from Queen Bee Athletics, yes. amazing. She, which is so funny because I've known her since I was four. So I think it's hilarious that she chose my husband. That's hilarious. Like, hilarious, and we started dating four years ago, and. It's your typical, he's not interested in me, she's not interested in me. It just, I don't know what happened to us, but it's just bad communication and just fell by the wayside. And we were only dating for six weeks and I was absolutely devastated when we weren't dating anymore. Yeah. And it was only six weeks. I probably only met him a handful of times, but I just had, I just kind of knew or something. When you know, you know. Yeah, it was weird. And then um, when... I qualified as the trainer, as a trainer, and I was working in a commercial gym. His CrossFit club was around the corner and we got back in touch that way. So he texted me and was like, how are you getting on in the new job? Because when we dated, I would have been working in BAM. And it just kind of happened that way. And you have a real like mutual fondness for movement. And you trained, you're a CrossFit trainer as well, aren't you? Yeah, I qualified recently in the level one trainer. Okay. Um, and I go to CrossFit probably five times a week. I go to CrossFit okay. Return. I absolutely love it. I'm obsessed. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, since my operation, uh, my operation was actually a year on Saturday. That's gone so quickly. So quick. And I just couldn't train by myself anymore. I was just 
petrified that yeah. I would hurt myself. So I thought, look, I really want to get back into CrossFit and I contacted them. I went down and they were just amazing yeah. and still are. They still look after yeah. me, even though it's a year on. I've done some work with them in Elite and oh, really? uh, they're, be, they're, they're great. They're fab, yeah. yeah. CrossFit's yeah. great. Yeah, I love it. It's good. So listen, lady, in here, there are a few questions. Okay. And you're going to pick a few of these questions. I don't know what they are because okay. they're left by your predecessors. Scary. So just open, read and answer. <laughs> oh God, what's it saying? <laughs> I think it's Joanna's writing. What's on your plate right now? Okay. So what is on your plate what right now? What is on your plate? I don't know what context to take that in. As in life. What's in my there life? There is no plates of food yeah, in here. Yeah, no plates. Um, I suppose... I love a saying, shoot the closest crock. It's a real Aussie saying. Okay. So my closest crock now at the moment is developing the business. Okay. But then another crock is the wedding that I actually have to get excited for. Yeah. And um, so I think on my plate is the balance between putting everything I have into my business and growing it, but also not neglecting my life. Yeah. You know, I I think I, I turned 35 this year and... I'm within reason I'm too old to just neglect my own life and neglect my friendships and my partnerships and so I think my balance to my 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 own life needs to grow a little more yeah so I think that they always say no one on the deathbed said oh I wish I spent an extra 10 hours a week in work no no and it's certainly not my idea yeah um I, I know it's important because we were growing it and I have to invest everything but I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Get ready because nothing really happens with the wedding until right the last yeah, minute. Yeah. I remember getting so stressed and my friend saying to me, why didn't you do this before? Why have you left? And I'm like, because they didn't want to talk to me before no. now. Because everybody else you're working with do, do this for everybody all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's only our top priority. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so excited for you. It's going to be brilliant. Pick another one. Okay. The worst career advice I ever got... Wow. I don't think I got bad career advice. I'm trying to think. Have you ever given any? <laughs> I can't. I can't really think of any really bad career advice I've gotten. So if you've never had any bad, have yeah. you had some really good career advice? I think I've had, I've worked with really good mentors. Yeah. That probably didn't even realise they were they my were mentors. mentors. Yeah. But I hung on every word they said. And I had another... There was another person I worked with who taught me what not to do, which I think is just as important. So I think I worked with a lot of great ones and then the odd one that taught me, okay, maybe this isn't the road I need to go down being being in charge or being a leader or you can you don't have to be a leader to lead. And I think I learned a lot through that as well. Cool. Yeah. And so if there was one bit of, there was one thing that you'd pass on to somebody else, um, it could be a saying, like my, we always chat, you know, two years, one mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be no one ever lay on their, on their deathbed saying, yeah. I wish I spent 10 hours at work. What, what snippet would you leave for someone? What little bit of advice would you give? I think it would be regret nothing. I have absolutely no regrets. I've made horrible decisions. I've dated horrible people. Well, one person. <laughs> and I still don't... Name and shame. <laughs> I still don't regret it. Yeah. There's a lot I would change, 
but every everything I've done so far has brought me to this day and it's been to my job, meeting Barry, um, meeting Joanna, keeping my relationship with my best friend going and I think if I was to change anything it might not bring me to this path. Yeah. So it's definitely, I never think I should have done that or I wish I had never I have never, ever thought like that. Everything happens for a reason. Yes. And Absolutely. it's it's tough because a lot of tough things have happened, but I wouldn't change them. Brilliant. Yeah. Kate, I think you're an amazing example. Oh, thanks, you're Jen. so bell. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't wait to see. I'm going to be stalking your wedding like, like a stalker. <laughs> um, thank you so thanks, much for Jen. coming today. I loved Brilliant. it. Brilliant.